Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We are really thrilled to have with us here in studio gentlemen from the Erie City Mission. Uh, we have to, with, with me two my left, Steve Westbrook, uh, the CEO of this mission up until, you know, just moments. <laughs> and Correct. the incoming CEO, Daryl Smith. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for hey, having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Joel. All righty. This, this, this was big news when this dropped last week uh, that, uh, that indeed that the, the, the mission was, uh, was announcing the... Uh, you're you're uh, you're stepping aside, Steve, and that Daryl was coming on. Talk about some of the background information on how that uh, how that all came about. Why don't you start, Steve? Okay. Uh, well, I've have had the privilege of being at the mission for seven years, and uh, I'd say early September, um, uh, got a call from a couple friends of mine in Nashville, Tennessee, where we used to live, and presented an opportunity to return to the corporate world. And then I, ha I had a real peace about, peace from God about uh, my tenure at the mission and um, all that I had uh, endeavored to do with the team that was there. And I just felt like it was time. Uh, peace from God that you've done what you can do. And, and, and Daryl Smith, our current COO, has been at the mission for a long time. And right up, I mean, immediately I thought of Daryl. I'm like, wow, he's the one to pass the baton to. Yeah. I received the baton from Pastor Rick Crocker right? seven years ago. And I thought, oh, that is missions in good hands. So. Mm -hmm. And Daryl, um, talk about that process here, because, again, you have a long tenure at the mission, yeah. really kind of started from the ground up. I'm not saying that they, they, they gave you a mop and, and shovel or anything like that, but literally you... You started, uh, you know, just in direct care, right? Absolutely. Um, in 2004, I started with the mission working in the emergency shelter, also working in our food pantry, and then working with the, drug, the men in drug and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so I had two days here, two days there, and a day someplace else. And uh, it was during a time where that's kind of how you got vetted at the mission. They you, throw you, you in a bunch like of Like a utility player, right? Absolutely. See, see if you could hit left-handed yeah. or right-handed. Absolutely. <laughs> Wow. He could hit both. Right. He was a switch hitter, right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, um, and what when you when you start out like that, what what are the what are the overriding either values or impressions that get embedded, yeah. you know, starting at that at that stage, you know? So you obviously come in at the ground floor where everything is actually happening and you actually get to see the population you're dealing with, the people that you're dealing with, the nuts and bolts of what's happening and how it's getting done every day. And so you're incredibly busy, you're uh, tired every day, um, but you really get a sense of, um, and I believe if you're really in tune and God is um, leading, you really get a sense of what the problems are, what the concerns are, and then I think you have a better opportunity to start solving some of those, you know, you know, baseline ground floor issues. And so I think I was blessed to start there. I wouldn't have it any other way. As a matter of fact, I'd like to get Steve at the men's desk in the shelter a couple of weeks before he's out. So <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> right. Full experience. Thanks, Daryl. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 
and Steve, you were brought in at a certain time. Uh, I feel like, again, this is a Christian charity. We, we depend on God's, uh, um, you know, provision and also his direction. You were brought in a certain time with your certain set of skills. I, I mean, you literally have that kind of that Liam Nielsen kind of thing going on, Neeson kind of thing going nice. on. Nice. That, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the mission needed your set of skills to for the moment in its history that uh, was happening there, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a CPA by trade, so the majority of my career has been in the CFO position, kind of chief financial yeah. officer thing. But, uh, but the mission was in a good place. Uh, Pastor Rick had done an incredible job. I heard, I always heard a lot about the mission. It was so well-respected. And, uh, but I'm an organizational financial guy by trade, I guess. And um, coming in, that's all, I always see things, uh, ways organizations can improve. And if there's the need for greater focus, you know, I, I don't like to see nonprofits that I work at surviving. I just want to see them to get to a point where they can thrive sure. and focus and all of that. So there was plenty to do, but it, it, it was already in a very good place. And then to work at a place that's so Christ-centered um, just made it a lot of fun in the process. Mm -hmm. It was the unknown coming in. Yeah, you, you, you kind of had to do some learning. Yeah, you do. You have to come up to speed, and then you're seen, you see very quickly how— um, how respected the mission is in the community and the need to to get to know leaders in the community and to thank and look face to face with donors that have supported you for 30 years mm -hmm. and it's just an incredible uh like daryl said you roll up your sleeves and you do whatever it is you do and and that i found myself working almost on the mission as much as in the mission i, I was mm -hmm. struck with we need to make sure that we're a strong mission for the next hundred years we always say Talk about where the capital campaign and the capital projects were at, because the mission that we're looking at in 2022 is nothing like the mission was in 2012 or even seven years ago. I mean, you were still doing some building, right? Yeah, they had raised the second capital campaign. They had raised most of the money. So our job was now to collect all of those pledges. And then we, I got to be a part of uh, phases two and three of the building project, which were the dining hall, the chapel, expanded mm -hmm. some office space, something a brand new industrial kitchen, mm -hmm. um, things like that. So, uh, yeah, there was plenty to carry forward that I really wasn't a part of being part of the vision process of that or the fundraising, but to execute, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, uh, Daryl, talk about that because. You, you know, one of the things that that the CEO ha deals with is that kind of, you know, buildings and you know, logistics mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on all that? And, and, and are, are there projects to do that you see or are you kind of in a good place when it comes to kind of the physical plan, if you will? Yeah. So from from the physical plan standpoint, I think we're in a great place. I yeah. mean, everything is new. The dormitory opened in January of 2013. Then the second half of the dining hall and the rest of the kitchen began to take shape and then the chapel. And so we have a um, incredible space to work with. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, also 
you know, an opportunity for us to show that to deal with those who are struggling with homelessness, addiction, poverty, mental health, you don't have to be in a dilapidated building that's barely holding on. Right? <laughs> God has more in, plan, in store for them sure. than that, too. So, wow. Um, we've been really blessed um, by the support of this community. Mm-hmm. We have built it. Um, our job is to take care of it um, and to continue to use it as much as possible uh, for as many things as possible. I mean, you know, again, the service. So, uh, so you know, as far as a focus right on right from the gate, what do you think that you're going to have to lean in on, Daryl? So I think we're pretty tight right now, to be honest. I mean, we have a women's ministry. We have a youth ministry. We have an emergency shelter. We have a new life program for men with drug and alcohol. We have a food service program and a spirit life program, mm-hmm. and they're all thriving and solidly affixed. And so I think we're just going to continue to – uh, look at the community and what the needs what needs begin to arise and try to be nimble right and so it's we're, we're doing it we are really doing it and uh, it's just a great place and I do want to mention that Steve's coming in at a time where our finances were fairly solid mm-hmm. but honestly uh, he has kind of put a fine tooth comb to them, a microscope to them, and has led us in so many ways financially that we are so much more efficient in everything we do there, uh, from benefits to um, financial planning for the for the staff. Oh wow! Uh, it's all just coming together that the Erie City Mission has always been a bunch of people who were willing to serve. But God is also rewarding us in terms of our credibility. Uh, we've maintained that. It's, it's what we have is our reputation. Um, but financially, it was always something that we were always kind of holding it together and wondering if the money was going to come in. No real sense of being able to um, anticipate. I think under Steve's guidance, especially there, we can almost anticipate what's going to happen with certain amount of assurity. Talk a little bit about that, Steve. I think you have a good handle on yeah, faith has to always be a part of the equation, yet good governance, I mean, the, God gives us the talents to be good stewards, and we need, we need to make sure that we're doing that, right? I mean, Yeah, I, well, like you said, faith is always a part of it. We say, you know, when we open the mail, when we open, people uh, give a stack of checks, it's, it's like a sacred moment, because faith is always part of it. You don't know whether the next year, you know, 80 to 90% of our revenue is from contributions from people and Company, you, and, and that's for 111 I, years. I mean, it's incredible. Like, wow. uh, but then financially, you know, like any nonprofit, the need is almost infinite. Is what you could do, and this, and the resources are finite. Yeah, financial and stuff. So it's really focusing and really deciding who you're going to be. And we are, like Daryl said, food recovery, shelter, um, successful youth programming. We're we're very focused. And then how do you go deeper in that and sustain and not just grow for growth's mm-hmm. sake uh, and then you know financially knowing where you stand a lot of uh, nonprofits the money comes in you think you're you know doing great and then money goes away and then there's a freeze on everything good accounting I think and good planning can alleviate a lot of that yeah the, the, the mission doesn't have this huge endowment does it no we are working on that I know uh, passing that off to Daryl and, and his development team we have a mm-hmm. great senior leadership team at yeah. the mission uh, our development office is amazing, and uh, we're starting to now talk. We're stronger in the present rather than just surviving. Yeah. We have some operating reserves, and we're trying to grow some of those. But now we're talking about the future. Yeah. How do we endow our central? How do we endow the program so that we're not 
beg, you know, begging or asking right. for money constantly to survive another year. We can think about the future to actually endow what rescue missions do across the country and basically what the Erie City Mission does. And this is really where the where the baby boomers have to start thinking about, hey, what's what's my end game? How am I going to leave a lasting legacy? And here you have this hundred year old plus uh, ministry that that is truly changing lives and made a huge impact. If I had to ask you, Steve, what what was one of the most proudest moments or most, um, uh, you know, just gratifying moments in your tenure these past seven years? What would what would that be? I mean, that is a hard question. Uh, I can think of one of, one of the more rewarding things is I get to teach a class every 10 weeks uh, as men are going through our long-term recovery program. They go to a different phase. I think like kind of like a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior kind of 40 weeks of programming. Wow. And when I first came in, I think my predecessor had taught a class, class on foundations of the faith and the Bible. And I talked to Daryl. I'm like, what can I teach? And he goes, well, what are you what are you interested in? And I said, well, I used to teach time management and things like that. And he goes, well, teach that. And uh, so I did kind of time management, time stewardship from a faith perspective. Anyhow, every 10, I would get the seniors in their last 10 weeks. And that was my chance to get to know the guys. And uh, I would learn their names. I mean, there's a lot of people around the mission. I'd get to know their names. We'd go out to eat um, and um, heard about their lives. And that probably, and then seeing them graduate and knowing I was, I know I felt like I knew them was very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, I mean, being able to, you know, give them those kinds of soft skills too, it's so important. And 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 that just goes right uh, in line with everything about the New Life program, right, Daryl? I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is this is a holistic approach, more than just recovery, but we're we're learning how to to pick up and live a new life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just speaking with a gentleman who was doing an article on homelessness and we were talking about new life. And he was saying, oh, and they get to be here for almost a year. And I'm like, yeah. And he says, oh, so so they can work. I'm like, well, no, not work. He says, they don't work. I'm like, no, what we found is that none of the men in the new life program have a problem getting a job. They have a problem holding on to a job. Mm, So it is those soft skills those socialization skills kind of um, retooling themselves to be ready for this new season of responsibility, accountability, uh, maturity. And it, and it takes a while to break old habits and old thinking patterns. I'm interested in, you know, I'm sure you had to go in front of the board of directors, uh, you know, the personnel committee, or we, we have a quote from Leo Hines. Uh, you know, don't give anything away that you wouldn't want to, but what do you think the most challenging question that they asked you about this new CEO role for you was? So interestingly, um, Steve had written a letter to the board saying, hey, I don't think you need to go on a, a search. I think he's here. And then, you know, I was interested in serving if that's what the board wanted me to do and so it was more of a hey are you interested are you interested it was more of a kind of a an agreement than it was an interview that we that wow i would be willing and that they wanted me to know that they wanted. so no swiping right right i mean no match.com for the new ceo (laughs) daryl was the man and actually what he's he was actually i think planning to retire next year or looking at options were you really to start to phase out is that fair you got to retire in stages yes they say okay so i was looking for stage one so i was a little uncertain whether he would uh really be because it's a lot of responsibility it's Mm -hmm. the privilege of a lifetime but it's a lot of responsibility that you carry um 
and I didn't know. I didn't know mm-hmm. if he would be because he already does so mm-hmm. much. He's there all You're the right. time for how many years, right? Yeah. So, yeah. how do how do you keep the enthusiasm up? Because this is not easy work. Right. I mean, there some 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 of your uh, uh, folks. It's one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. Sometimes the, there's the ultimate loss, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I think for anyone who's successful in ministry, which is to me working with people, whether it's from an evangelical standpoint or a Christian standpoint or not, you really have to love the people. If you don't, then I think it's going to be a challenge because you know every you know every burden is going to be that much heavier. I think that <clears throat> you have enough successes to see God working with those who you know desire him and are seeking him and at the same time the people who don't do as well you really learn to love them too because you love people and you're just really hopeful and so it's this kind of hope springing eternal that you get up every day for Mm -hmm. like something good's going to happen today and because of a lot of the um challenges you know, it's a nonstop environment. You almost don't have time to get burned out on some level. They will say, are you tired? I don't have tired. I don't have time to be tired. Yeah. Right? It's really busy. But again, I think it begins with you really have to love the people. Tell me about what, what it looks like for what you're looking for in a director of men's ministry because now you have to replace yourself, don't you? Something has to give. <laughs> That's for sure. Um Steve and I talked in yep. late October, and so we've been mostly transitioning mm-hmm. on the fly. Mm-hmm. And so... Building the plane in the air. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of good people who are on the team right now. I think they will t- pick up more responsibilities and therapy and treatment and emergency shelter running. I still plan on being more of a COO, CEO. Uh, Steve was the CEO, CFO. So I still plan on having some hands-on in the daily operation. Uh, I don't want to get, I know it's on the third floor, but I don't want to get too far away from, you know, what really the the part of the ministry that I am really passionate about, the people. And I think that my time at the mission, however long it might be, is about, you know, honing in that culture of who we are, our core values, our mission Mm -hmm. statement, our vision statement, really starting to, you know, put that together that the people that work at the mission reflect that and that our ministries reflect that. And so I think that's the thing I'll be really looking at is, um, you know, kind of honing in on those core values, missions, and visions that we aspire to. We're doing them now, but hey, why not polish them up and really put them out there and really try to find out the best way to accomplish them. Will there be help, you think, um, on the CFO stuff? I mean, if I, you know, I mean. uh... Yeah, I mean, we haven't tremendous board treasurer uh yeah. greg paulding sure. who gives so much time and uh, resources to the mission uh we have a great controller internally i think the table's kind of been set we have good systems in place i'd say improved systems mm-hmm. um but yeah i think uh that's been built and so okay. now it's the perfect handoff really to now um focus again in a deeper way on the programming Gentlemen, I want to get right back to our conversation here. Again, Steve, you announced that uh, your exit at the end of the year, uh, December 31st, 2022. Daryl, you're taking over as CEO of the mission on January 1st, 2023. And um, it's, it's an interesting time for our city and our mission. And I'd love for, bo- for you to kind of weigh in, both of you to weigh in on this moment. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, nervousness about things like inflation and recession. 
uh, certainly population loss in this town, but also the positives of of being a, a, a place where people can find recovery, can find healing. Uh, I'll start with you, Steve. What, what are some of your thoughts on all of that? You know, this moment for our city and our mission, you know? Yeah, no, it's a very unique moment. Well said. And I think I always say the, the line, like every great city has a great rescue mission, but, but it's kind of true. I think there's a real stability and hope that come with rescue missions. You, A lot of cities, you're judged by how you take care of the most hopeless, mm. the most, uh, those in desperation. The least of these. The yeah. least of these. And uh, when you have a solid avenue, I think, of, of providing hope uh, to those different groups, and it's stable, part of a city, I think it's an essential part of a city in recovery or a city mm-hmm. in turnaround. Um, so I think it's uh, it's an amazing moment for the mission to prove that, look, we're not, I think that's, it all comes together with a new building, a new campus on the corner of French and 11th, being a stronger mission. It's God setting, strengthening the mission for the next hundred years. So it's not like we're fading out. What the mission does has high utilization. It's in demand, so to speak. And that's not a great thing, but it's great that we can be there to provide hope to those that are struggling. Weigh in on this, Daryl. So I'm gonna just completely, I completely uh, forgot what we were talking about. We're talking about this, you know, this moment in time for both the city of Erie and the mission yeah. and, and just, you know, just the particular climate that we're in with uh, it, it's nervous. You know, e- the economy's nervous. Yeah. The political scene is kind of dicey, right. uh, not, not necessarily locally, but literally uh, our national yeah. conversation is fraught. Uh, with uh, some issues. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, so, you know, I now came back to me that our city, our mission piece, right? So yeah. uh, I think, one, what a great, you know, creative line someone came because that resonates with everyone. Like, everyone, every time I just recently was responding to Facebook comments that my daughter and other people posted about my new position, and I kept ending, or at least I ended one of them with, you know, hey, thanks a lot, your prayers, can you support, it's great, you know, our city, our mission. And I think that that resonates within this this community that everyone has some experience or, you know, affinity for the mission. They think that we're doing good work. They believe in what we are doing. And I think us being, you know, upfront with so much of it and being right downtown allows people to come and be impacted by it. People drop off clothing. They get a chance to come into the mission. We've opened it up that anyone who has a ministry of sorts and they want to either hand out things, get to know people, that we give them some space within the mission during public lunch to meet people yeah. and to pass out their, you know, they don't just donate them. We say, hey, would you like your group to come and make the donations yourself? And so we want people to believe that, because I believe that, you know, if all politics are local, I think all true giving is best done locally as well, right? You know, instead of donating to a national cause, not that those aren't important, but I think that they will expand out from local causes and they'll resonate out within the within the state and then within the country and so we're like kind of you know groundbreaking in that way they were saying hey our city our mission we're all responsible and i think people take ownership with us to take care of people so i think we're in a great place uh in terms of having had messaged that Mm -hmm. and having had walked in that as well and so i just think it's really up to us to now hear from God how he wants it to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now what? You know, yeah. We really, really want to hear from him. And if I could add, back to your point about the uncertainty, inflation, um, 
people are, <laughs> we have an anxious society, like greater than any I can remember. I mean, we just get off a global pandemic, talk about uncertainty, in which case the mission, we were, we were uncertain too, and people gave more. Like our supporters actually yeah. increased their giving, yeah. but politically uncertain, economically uncertain. Uh, I think there's no greater, the mission does what it does, but it stands for hope, new, new life and hope in Jesus Christ. That is certain. So what we stand for is very certain. And, uh, and then just being a presence in this community, I think, takes away some of that. I want to go a little bit deeper into the actual work of the mission. And, Daryl, we've had multiple conversations about the effectiveness of the recovery program, the New Life program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it, it's, it's, it's not a fixed goal. It's a moving target. With the, with the, out, uh, the rise of fentanyl uh, in our community and, and, and some of this – just, just the drugs are, are heavier, it's harder, um, there's more uh, dysfunction in our families and so on. What are you seeing and uh, what, what are the challenges you see as you take over the mission uh, on, on the programmatic side of things? Uh, so they, they remain, you know, poverty, addiction, mental health. Um, I think that Erie's a city that... <clears throat> certainly has felt some of the impact of inflation, but it hasn't shown up in the giving. So yeah. we're still getting uh, more uh, what the government has done in terms of some of the you know programs and some of the grants and some of the uh, monies that they put out there. Uh, I think Steve has been very strategic in gathering those monies and storing some of them and also moving the programs forward. Um, I just think we're really going to um, be responsive to what's happening like right now homeless kind of have to be more agile to so the the state of the the drug situation the alcohol situation out there so when you talk uh opiate addiction versus alcohol and uh stimulant addiction which was primary 80s 90s 2000s right now we're in a whole new um opioid epidemic and it has everyone's attention especially middle-class americans and so Um, with fentanyl now on the rise being laced in almost everything uh, you can literally work with a guy one day and you know him not be here the next day it's having a pronounced effect on the families people are unsure how to implement the tough love philosophy Mm -hmm. or the just enable them philosophy it's making a little more complicated and recovery from that particular substance is also different than alcohol and uh, cocaine uh, because it, it it affects a different receptor, and mm-hmm. so even the recovery is different. And medically wow. medically assisted treatment. If you talk about a SWOT analysis of the addiction issue, anyway, you know medically assisted treatment is you know one of those you know you know threats t- to some degree, even though it is definitely a help, um, but it's also a threat to our programming because we're a abstinence based recovery program. And so if you're medically assisted, you can't get into the new life program. And we used to probably uh, get referrals from six people. We're down to really mainly two facilities that are also c- committed to at least a portion of their population being abstinence based. And so we're really down to work with just a couple. And so that's another one of the interesting side effects of opioids. You know, Opioids are dangerous, but yet medically assisted to help with the withdrawals from the opiates and the long-term recovery from opiate addiction. Um, so one of the treatments is, 
you know, um, synthetic yeah. opioids to a degree. When you talk about sublocade, suboxone, and some of the other mega-assisted treatments, it's so it's a it's an emerging uh, field in terms of that, and how we respond to that is something that we're having to look at. And even when you look at the diversity, equity, inclusion, the LGBT, um, some of the uh, transgender issues, I feel like a lot of these things are just about to ignite. And so, you know, thanks, Steve, for leaving me. <laughs> the challenges <laughs> continue to yeah. mount, don't um, they? So there is always something yeah. to be responsive to, and I just think that we have to keep our you know, keep our ears open and stay sensitive to the moment and mm -hmm. try to minister to people where they're at uh, and not try to, you know, think that it's this particular way and to stay right. focused on that. We really have to be nimble. We really have to be willing to hear from, you know, more people in the community. And I think that the days of the mission, and not, th not that this is the case, but we really have to be even more involved with our partners, mm -hmm. the other nonprofits, the, you know, this season of, we're all after the same exact money, so it's hard to collaborate. It just has to go away. There's just too right. much at stake. Amazing. Uh, both of you have commented on that the mission has been highly supported even during this time, you know, where, uh, you know, during COVID, uh, you, you guys were number one as far as Erie gives, as far as terms of number of donations. But we are we are experiencing lower population. We we've We've seen the... Uh, the leaving of uh, some corporate headquarters and things, you know, it's just not the, the way it used to be 40, 50 years ago. Steve, uh, what do you think the mission's going to have to do as far as, the, you know, having that solid relationship with donors? Is it always going to be a small dollar based organization or, you know, you know, can we can we build like a more multiple strata of folks being investors into the mission and the work? Good word, investors and partners. Um, I think it's both, both and. I think yeah. it's we we've gotten we have some donors that five bucks a month for twenty years. Mm. I mean, it's kind of crazy, and that certainly it's it's equal sacrifice, right? Um, but I think to be to have a moment where you 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 take you take a prize level with the way the mission is, and you and you look to be strong now, and you make good decisions. You can't do everything. You don't spend all the money you get every year and start back to a zero sum game, which I don't think is is very wise. Yeah. And and I think it was trying to take care of the mission to be able to go year to year. And then now it's looking to the future. I mm -hmm. think it's it's asking now for money that can take that pressure off. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. we'll always need help. And it comes from it changes. The sources change. Uh, it's, sometimes it's the big donors. Other times it's corporations, grant monies. From the during COVID, it was a tremendous help. Um, foundations sometimes are the big givers. Sometimes it's bequests. I came into a mission that was receiving, I think, almost a half a million dollars a year in bequests for years and years. It stopped like a year after. I guess <laughs> I won't even joke <laughs> people, about that. Yeah, people stop dying. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, God. it changes. It changes. <laughs> yeah. But to spend it all and hope for the best every yeah. year is not a very good approach to yeah. running a mission. Do you, Do you get any sense too that 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 will be a challenge. I mean, just as far as like the population and, you know, the, the wealth of this community. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so Erie is blessed with the Gannons, UPMCs, Erie insurances right downtown where yeah, we Wabtec. are and very committed. Thank you. And Wabtec, very committed to Erie and very committed to the Erie city mission and helping. And so that's great. Um, I think the younger uh, generation, they like to donate with time mm -hmm. and effort. But I think as they mature, they begin to realize, too, 
you know, it takes money yeah, to, to actually yeah. pay for things. And so I, the fact that their heart is more into giving from a, you know, real altruistic point mm-hmm. of, I want to come down yeah. and see what's happening is going to translate into a more mature donor. Whereas a lot of the, um, people that are donating the baby boomers you're talking, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of came up with that sense of, you know, community. Um, they're, the young people don't seem to have a sense of community as much as they do have a sense of world community. They want to give to everything and they want to see the entire world better. And I think that, you know, again, locally we'll benefit from that. And so my, you know, optimism, and I'm not really what you would call an optimistic person, (laughs) but there's something about working at the mission that it, you know, God seemed to say that, you know, this is something that I've established. And so I always have this faith that things are going to work out for us. And the fact that Rick Crocker, when he came along, Steve Westbrook, when he came along, and I just want to be, you know, in that long line of, you know, mm-hmm. men who listen to God, and then his plans came to fruition. Let's put our headphones on and try to grab a phone call here. Hey, you're live with uh, Joel and Steve and Daryl here on Talk Erie. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I am um, touched by the uh, honorable things that, that the city mission does to feed the hungry and and serve the poor. I just um, wanted to get a clarification. Is it true that to participate in the city mission activities that one must 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 uh, practice the faith that the city mission uh, prescribes to? I'm going to let them answer off the air. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, do you have to be a Christian to be at the mission so we don't have any programs that uh, require salvation or any profession of faith to be a part of and so I remember at one point there was this they used to call it pray to stay mentality you had to pray to stay at the mission Uh, it was never actually true I just think people were very passionate about the kingdom and that they would promote it and they would stand on it really firmly Mm -hmm. and I think what we have done is we have stayed strong in our profession of our faith but we have also said that, you know, all resources belong to God. And so if the government has resources and that's fine. And I've never found a government program that has forced us to steer away from what we are saying. It is just that we offer services to anyone. And we've always been that way anyway. So I'm not sure where that's not. So to but the d- caller, d- yeah. you do not have to be of the faith to receive services at the mission. To be clear, though, you can't be actively using and go into emergency shelter. Is that accurate? Interesting. So you can't be actively using and be in the New Life program. Each night you are given a breathalyzer in the emergency shelter to make sure that you aren't drinking, but we don't drug test people in the emergency shelter to see if they are under the influence. If you begin to act in a way that is suspicious, we may drug test you then, but even we do that for your safety. Are you on the verge of an overdose? Are you becoming psychotic? Is there something we need to do for you? And will everyone else be safe if you're here? And so we really reach out to anyone who might be using, but you can be in the emergency shelter and not be using but we're not asking either. Yeah. So as long as you are coming in, taking your breathalyzer, passing it, um, being appropriate, uh, going to bed, getting up, maintaining your day, we don't doubt, we don't require that. We then have case managers who then will speak to you at some point about any issue you're having that is contributing to your homelessness and what can the mission do to help you. 
I, I got to tell you, I, I'm just so thankful that thoughtful and professional folks are there to interface and help the most needy of our of our community and it, and it, and it's so compassionate it really is I mean, and 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 again there's a lot of great organizations out there but you take the approach and the success rate of the city mission and the new life program and it's second to none i mean it's 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 really changed lives and we really experience that at the banquet, I love going to the banquet and hearing who the associate of the year is, and it's it's remarkable. Talk about that, Steve. Well, I think I, I came into that culture, so I'm very fortunate. Yeah. After uh, Pastor Rick Crocker and their team, it was a culture of quality of excellence, um, and we don't just say that. We're, we're not a licensed facility where we're being forced to have certain credentials along the way, credentialing mm-hmm. and. Uh, cert- certifications, things like that. We do it because we think it's that important. We offer the classes uh, that Daryl and his team have thought were the most important. We have credential. Daryl's a bachelor's level certified drug and alcohol counselor, and I'm sure other credentials. We have master's level, PhD level. Uh, we care a great deal about why we're doing what we're doing, but it was our choice to do that. We weren't being forced, or it wasn't a daily rate. We were trying to to get funding. We're in a good place, actually. We don't have to. We can do things because we think they work. Talk about that as well, Daryl. The the idea of approaching the most needy with professional and compassion and something that really works. Yeah, that's the. So that's the. You know, that's the holy grail coming. The up secret with sauce, a huh? Formula <laughs> that has all three of those things in it uh, and is effective in the end. And <clears throat> I think that ex- only experience can get you there. And I think that the the amount of time that we have spent starting with emergency shelter, we began to, emergency shelter. The new life program grew out of the emergency shelter guest saying. Yes, I stayed sober tonight, but as soon as I go on the street and go out, they're going to be drinking, and I'm probably going to drink too. And so we said, well, hey, why don't you stick around the mission? We'll give you a little something to do, feed you at lunch, uh, maybe have someone come in and preach in the afternoon, uh, and then you stay off the street, and then bedtime comes, and you got a whole full day sober, right? Yeah. And start turning into what else should we do to help them stay sober? And so then there became a you know a faction of the shelter guests who wanted to do a program and so new life program began to come out of those things and so um i just think it's a long stand i think it's all the experience that we have with all the different groups that allow us to make you know healthy decisions to fix a problem that we've observed for a while we've asked people we've had homeless individuals on our board before um, there is a <clears throat> exit interview that all the new life program participants do that say this is what I liked this is what I didn't this is what I think might be helpful and so we keep continually you know kind of um, drilling down for more um, impactful data um, whether it's spiritual emotional intellectual to help us to you know shape the program to fit the population versus this is what we want you to do. Mm-hmm. No one say what do you, what you know what helps do you need and what's working and you know what isn't. You know if something's not working, then we should not do it. We should stop doing it. Last minute mm-hmm. hopes and dreams for the Erie City Mission, Steve. Oh uh, wow! Again, privilege of a lifetime for me to take part in that 
provision of hope for uh, those in need. Um, hopes and dreams. I, it's accomplished number one in the man beside me. The hope was to, you give your best when you're doing the season. The mission isn't something you milk to stay at. It's something you do your season, you steward it well, and you pass it along. My hope was that Daryl would say yes, and I, I have a very optimistic view of the mission being an important part of the future for this city. Daryl, last word. Um, just, you know, one goodbye to Steve. Going to really miss him. Um, I've had, I think he's my fourth executive director. <laughs> so, he trains everyone, right? right? That was another motivation to say yes. Another executive director. I said, awesome. I said to my wife, Deb, I don't think so. Gonna, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to do it or else. Um, so goodbye, Steve. Thanks for everything he's did. Uh, I think, again, thank you to Erie. Thank you to mm-hmm. Talk Radio for, yep. I can't tell you how many times I've been on here and yeah. been able to just, you know, talk about the mission and the positive light that you shed and the opportunity you give us to talk about addiction, homelessness, some of the different programs we've put on that knock out homelessness. And so urban, help us. the and urban so university is amazing. You know, right. It is an amazing yep. program. Yeah. And so I'm just thankful to be a part of the organization, uh, wanting to continue its, you know, really rich history of helping people. Uh, and I just think that we're, you know, we're, we're positioned. We're positioned to continue to do the work and uh, just believing that doing the good work uh, will always bring about, you know, continued resources, continued input, continued support from our community. Steve Westbrook, Daryl Smith, uh, Godspeed to you both. God bless you guys too. Thank you a lot. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>